Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, life hacks, and today, new forks. New forks. That's right. I was trying to come up with something clever and everything in my head sounded dirty. Well, the, the word fork is just too, too close. <laughs> the word fork is dirty. <laughs> or is it? It's not. It's not very dirty. Well, I guess after you eat it's, something, it could yeah. be dirty, such yeah, as sure. yeah. you could have <laughs> olive oil or barbecue residue upon barbecue. it. Barbecue. I'm trying to think of, of, of things. You could use a fork to clean your chimney, and then it would be dirty. There you go. And probably not want to <laughs> eat a, off it. It's a great attempt there. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. If any of our longtime listeners hadn't guessed yet, it's another Shoot the Shit episode. It's, it's just you and I. <laughs> just you and I. Well, it looks like you have something tasty there. I I am going for a uh, a macro brew, so to speak. I got myself... A Dr. Pepper on the 4th of July. Nice. And I'm, I'm still working on it. I like that. Macro brew. <laughs> that is what I will call every large beverage manufacturer. <laughs> a macro brew. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, oh, you drink that shit? No, man, it's just a macro brew. Yo, you ever hear the, the new movement for macro brews? Mm-hmm. Price goes up, quality goes down. <laughs> Or, or if they're lucky, stays the same. We did have that talk about um, beverages over the 4th of July. And just to yeah. pull, pull the wool off of the conversation, Aaron and I did share 4th of July together. We did. Uh, that's right. We were pretty good about keeping our distance. You masked up way more than anybody there. I'm that a, was great. Actually, I, there was one other individual who I think beat me for masks. Okay. Uh, and I won't name them by name because I don't know if they want to be named on the show. But they I were sitting close they to your don't. door, and I think okay. they beat me. But I think I know. Okay, yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I, I'm a mask wearing person. <laughs> that's right just on. that's just how I roll. <laughs> um, to to sort of I I guess um, LA any speculation. It was just a small group of neighbors, and then Guthrie as well. Um, all the people that live in my apartment complex, which is four apartments. So, yeah. Well, and it was pretty good too because I felt like um, at first it was awkward, but then I was like, no, this totally makes sense because if you were to picture it, all of Aaron's neighbors were on one side of the buffet table <laughs> and then I was on the complete other side <laughs> of the and buffet table. The <laughs> so, we, we didn't follow the six feet rule. We followed like the 12 foot rule. <laughs> well, this. I still haven't quite figured it out. And some of it, we were limited by, you know, the the geography of our uh, driveway, which is pretty huge for a driveway. But uh, we had the the food in the center. And then I just essentially had a, a six-foot radius 
where all the chairs were, and then between each chair was also six feet. It was, um, it was pretty. It was pretty well thought out. Yeah, except when you and I were on one side of the table <laughs> trying to make a conversation with somebody else on the other side of the table, um, it was a little bit difficult. But you know what? That's the price of not spreading diseases. Yeah, that's the price of calculated risk taking. There you go. Um, which which we did a little of, and I, I won't. I hope, if this gets recorded and I'm wrong, then I'll be like, "Oh, damn it! You're just tempting fate." But <laughs> right. I feel okay today. I hope everybody else does too. Um, um, everybody's a okay over here. Not not to mention asymptomatic carriers, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah, no, it was nice. It was good. It was. Uh, I sent a I sent an email to my sister and dad after I got home expressing that that was the closest I have come to a feeling of potluck outside of Ah. where I grew up. Um, So I would be lying if I said that I had any less than a fantastic time for (laughs) for that gathering. It was great. Were you feeling rather nostalgic? Um, I was feeling nostalgic, but I was also feeling like, I don't know, I was feeling a little sad too. I was I was feeling like I always get a bit of melancholy with my nostalgia. Melancholy. That's the word I was thinking of, yeah. Um, you know, just cuz like I've gone to so many things here in Portland and like that experience was it. That was the first time I was just like, yeah, oh wow, damn. Like <laughs> this is what that feels like. This and like is what, I, it, what it's like to be around other people. Yeah, yeah, you know, and maybe it was just, you know, due to this whole COVID thing. Um that it really struck out in that way to me. Um, I felt nostalgic in a good sense, but also nostalgic and kind of like a kind of like, Oh, I miss this. <laughs> right. This is what I've been missing. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't, yeah. you don't realize it till it happens, you know, yeah. in a place that's different than your original context. Um, which is, I think what happened on the fourth, but, um, that is okay. That's part of being here. And, uh, I was glad that it happened with you guys. <laughs> yeah. And then we, you and I got a little bit of riding around. Yeah. kind of neat. I got to and play follow Aaron on the local uh, alleys. <laughs> yes. I like I it. I showed you some of my favorite alleys. Those are fun. That's I like those, neat. you know, because that area doesn't have a lot of alleys. So it was nice to. Yeah. Um, so I won't name this street, but. I don't know if you noticed the one alley we went down where it looked like it was basically just a sidewalk alongside of uh, an apartment building. I don't know if you remember that part. Uh, I think so. Anyway, yeah. That's marked as a street. Oh, really? Yes. Huh? Has anybody <laughs> ever even, like driven a car a and just got sign. it stuck right in the middle of it? <laughs> well, no, because you can't really even turn into that part of the street. But there's a street sign there. Interesting. Like the little the little cross streets mm-hmm. at twenty second or something, I think. Anyway. Yeah, totally. That reminds me of um on the east side of the waterfront bike path, they have the street signs even though it's still on the bike path. Do you ever notice oh, yeah. those by the yeah. light the light signs? I appreciate that in that it gives me an idea of where exactly north or south in the city i am yeah oh yeah they're super super helpful um 
So all those little like nooks and crannies. It was cool. When one can't gravel bike out in the gravel, one must gravel bike in <laughs> one's, one's nearby alleys. That's right, wherever you can. There was, um, you know, because we were not the biggest fans of fireworks going off, especially d- yeah. at like four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd say. Um, <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> What's the point of shooting off a firework you can't they're see? Just, I'm just Uh-oh. like, they're trying to be really safe. <laughs> they, okay, <laughs> they, yeah. But actually, you know, it's probably less safe. I guess you wouldn't notice a fire as quickly if it were daytime as opposed to nighttime. You would not see the spark. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I, um, I got home and somebody had posted that video from San Diego. I think it was 2013 or so, maybe 2014. Uh, they had a year where, I, I don't know why, but for some reason or another, their entire firework barge went off at once. And so... Oh. It was like somebody mistimed something, and so all the fuses went off. Yeah, I I don't know how that would happen. Like, maybe I I don't even know enough to speculate. All I know is that there's this very um very interesting video where probably like a hundred two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars worth worth of fireworks just go whoosh all off at the same time uh, all for, within a matter of seconds. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. fifteen seconds or so, and everybody's like, well it's over (laughs) (laughs) i i suspect on that level like they're well all the all the fuses are probably electronically timed they're probably made to sync up to like some kind of music or computer program Mm, mm -hmm. you know and so maybe a comma didn't go where it was supposed to go yeah a slash didn't go where it was supposed to go i could believe um, that Maybe yeah. they were like timing their fireworks in metric instead of imperial. <laughs> they forgot to make the conversion. Yep, yep. They hit Mars, so to speak. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was, uh, it was a nice bike ride home. I definitely was like a little bit jumpy. Uh, yeah. And then I, I c- tried to go to sleep and eventually gave up and went out and read on the porch because um, for the ones that were going off around our house at like three or four in the morning. You could hear the mortar thump before the projectile yeah. went up. But if you were inside, all you heard was the firework. So I, I figured it was better to just have a preemptorial, uh, like, it's coming. <laughs> and then right, off right. It goes. A little bit of warning. Yep. Yeah. I was also up that late, and I made the mistake of trying to stay in bed and sort of willing myself to fall asleep. Big mistake. Like, Huge like I'm mistake. Not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to let the fireworks defeat me. I'm going to sleep no matter what. And I didn't. Um, and some of it is like, I'm not a fan of fireworks. I haven't been in a while. I like to explode things as much as anybody, but uh, just the all the other things connected to fireworks and, and to fourth of july like sort of dampens the the uh nostalgia for me yeah i think it's uh, like like it's okay to be nostalgic but it doesn't mean you have to feel the same in the present yeah yeah uh or or, or it's yeah, i think it's all right or allowable to feel different um i'm very i'm similar to that with like guns and fireworks in general i'd say just yeah. due to being around long enough to see bad things happen with both of them yeah. I'll put it that way. 
Um, so anyway, yeah. all that to say, like, I should have done what you did. There was a point where I should have just gotten up and sat outside. It was nice out. It wasn't super chilly at night. My neighbors were out. They weren't loud, but I could tell they were out, like, talking. I probably could have had a nice conversation with them. Mm. Masks on, of course, but, yeah. Anyway. Indeed. Instead, I just sat miserably in my in my bed and didn't get sleep anyway. Well, as Bilbo Baggins would say, tonight will be a night to remember. <laughs> gotta, get my, gotta get my L-O-T-R quota in there. Um, I am drinking a Santa Fe Brewing Company 7K IPA. Oh! And, uh, any, that any, is a sweet can. It is way. a sweet can. And it's a sweet can from a sweet listener as well. Uh, thank you, Isaac. Yes. That's very gracious of you to, uh, to uh, well, I was going to say supply us with beer, but to supply <laughs> Guthrie with beer. <laughs> I mean, you were welcome to them, technically. <laughs> uh, but I, I was happy to help out. Yeah, the, um, Isaac was able to join us here in Portland for a social distance gathering um, and reached out via email a couple weeks prior and we met at the Beer Mongers on, on South- Southeast Division and 12. That's yes. right. Where there's a stick on the wall and they're still serving beer for carryout. Um, and then we thought about riding to the Lads Edition Circle. Yeah, we're going to hang out at Lads Circle. What's up? No, I was just reiterating. Oh, yes, we oh, yes. Out at Lads. But then we got on the bikes, and I was like, "Nah, we should ride somewhere else." And so it's too nice of a day. It was to too just nice of a day. Go, like five blocks to Lad Circle. Yep, <laughs> that would have been a, for for the um, distance that Isaac had brought their bicycles. <laughs> it seemed it seemed <laughs> kind of a shame to just ride right. five blocks. <laughs> um, so yeah, we rode up to Mount Tabor and had ourselves some fun in the sun, and. Um, Isaac, it was so nice to chat with you and to catch up and um, very thankful that you reached out and we were able yeah. to interface. Um, if any of our other listeners are in town and want to do a socially responsible social distance hangout, uh, let us know. Um, I, we're not, I think that's the first function we've done with like a listener of any context, like in person. Um, but it was it was very doable. I feel like. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So. And to yeah. be clear, like he didn't come to Portland to like hang out with us. He had other things going on. Oh yes, yes. Family stuff. It was one of those. <laughs> you know, we I happen we to be in Portland. What are you yeah. up to? <laughs> kind of deals. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all all the best on the trip back down, and thanks for the beer that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, so in honor of that gathering, uh, I will drink more of it. Appreciate wow. it. How Established they, in 1988. How they doing there in Santa Fe? It's pretty good. Oh yeah, I like it. Yeah. I also, right. I also like that it's the 7K IPA because a that rhymes. B it's seven percent exactly ABV, and uh, it is as a it says look up higher no higher hi there we're up in Santa Fe 7,198 <laughs> feet above sea level. Uh, and then it continues. But I, I always like when there's duality to naming schemes. Um, so the 7 and the 7% were meaningful to me. And then you get your third leg. And it also, for some reason, 
reminds me of running cross country in which you never run a 7k but you do run a 5k um i just don't often see it like denoted with just the number and then k so that was a nice throwback for me usually not in metric yes yes and i was not drinking beer when i was running cross country in high school but uh (laughs) it still reminds me of that for some reason (laughs) (laughs) i won't i won't elaborate (laughs) um yeah that's my story cross country i don't know how they do over there what's that i didn't run cross country so i don't know what it's like oh um usually just painful and long (laughs) it's it's kind of like cross country is i mean i think you can exert yourself quite a bit in a lot of different sports uh cross country in particular seems to have it in spades as far as just long suffering amounts of time go (laughs) so i i would like to run more i don't run uh 5k's currently might maybe maybe in the future there i'm pretty good with my lap around by walking and then take a nice bike ride (laughs) right um yeah speaking of bike ride though do you and i have should we should we talk about the guthrie ride oh yeah sure nobody's invited yeah don't go you're not invited don't, to come. well don't go with me on the guthrie ride yeah <laughs> yeah do tell uh just you and i are scheduled to ride this ride together manana and um just nice to get out on a long ride mm-hmm. yeah it, it will be fun i did ride it solo back when you know i'll just say pre-covid uh, in preparation for this year, but it can be ridden any time of the year. And it's one thing that's nice about it is, um, other than two sections, it doesn't really necessitate going near anybody. Um, so that's that's pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, I get to ride that route once again. I like to ride it a couple times a year. And there was no Guthrie ride for Petalpalooza, but that's perfectly okay, because uh, I wrote it in spirit, so that'll that'll count. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably not the kind of ride you just want to like send people to randomly on a map, because it can get a little there, bit. It it can get a little bit confusing. There was a a moment where I thought because of Petalpalooza taking the form that it that it took. I thought for a second that maybe you would still have like the Guthrie ride, but you just published the route and be mm. like, okay, go ride this at your leisure sometime. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that you didn't do that. And it's still like going to be sort of your secret route. Yeah. It, that, that would spoil all the magic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun to go out tomorrow. Tomorrow will be, cause we're starting at five thirty. Yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be It'll also be, I think, one of the few times weather. I've ridden it during the daytime. Oh, uh, yes. So it'll be interesting to see. Usually I the closest I've come is riding it basically at dusk. Cuz that's uh-huh. generally a night ride. Well, it's always been a night ride on um, yep. traditional. Yeah. yeah, to do it to do it in the the true style. Um I think the only trade-off the benefit of riding it i don't know if it's going to be an issue during covid because like normally the reason you ride it at 10 is because you don't want to be doing three miles on basically a industrial freight lane um 
of which there aren't any at 10 p.m., but there's plenty I at like three o'clock. That. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the, that's been one of. I mean, I like night rides for off the get go, but um, right. I is, just assumed you you scheduled it at night because you liked night rides. That's that's the seventy percent. The other thirty okay. percent is that there's not as much traffic um, right. on that particular we, route due to where we ride, which is part of why you like night rides. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Our listeners can't see, but I'm taking some string on my wall, and I <laughs> I have a pen, and I'm writing down night and freight and Guthrie ride, and I'm connecting all three of all those three dots with a piece of string. Oh no, they're intersecting with other strings. What do we do? <laughs> That's um, how it works. Well, and it'll also be a nice uh, test ride because we are, um, as we kind of talked about at the top of the episode, might not I make sort any of sense. That out. Yeah, it might also not make any sense, even if I say it now. But like, <laughs> it's, it's, it is dirty. I was like, we're fork buddies. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Aaron and I both got new bike forks. <laughs> yes. That's not dirty. That's just... that's Well, it's not... No. It's not dirty unless you As make you it dirty. Just so then, don't go there, listeners. Fine. If we were to say something like, you and I both forked our bikes, now that would be dirty. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we didn't say that, so... Yes, you didn't hear us say that. <laughs> I, I see what... I see. You also... Are you... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. We're gonna have to cut Anyhow. this part. <laughs> okay, that sounds that sounds great. Uh, um, yes, we have recently completed bike maintenance. Yes, and now our bikes are are running differently. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's funny when you work at a bike shop, you never work on your bike because you're like I'm already doing things on other bikes right and you're like I'll, I'll get to it it'll be fine like the last thing you want to do is look at your or work on yet another bike and you're like well it does it work okay then great uh no need to do anything but what they don't tell you is that when you don't work at a bike shop sometimes you're equally demotivated because you're like oh well now i don't have all these cool tools to work on bikes with <laughs> <laughs> so does it work yeah okay <laughs> um i got a fork replacement uh, so I have a 2010 or 2011 Surly Long Haul Trucker. I'm pretty sure it's 2010, but I bought it in 2011. Um, that is a rim brake. And on my tour in 2013 down to the coast, um, down to San Diego, there was one incident where I was riding much, much too quickly down a hill for um, the good that it served me. And I miscounted the number of turns before a uh, large drop off of a sort of uh, development that we had been staying with as part of like sort of warm showers or friend of friends uh, staying over. And in order to avoid going over a curb and off of what would be generally considered a cliff, um, I was fortunate enough to steer into a driveway that was directly before that cutoff and the driveway was at a very steep incline and so it took a lot of my speed out but they had like that water run where it's still kind of a bump up onto the driveway itself and so i just like wanged my fork and and it 
it moved the most I've ever seen that fork move uh, as I was trying desperately to like hammer on the brakes and not like become instead of just going straight off a cliff going off a ramp off to off a cliff uh, is what it had become but huh I'm glad I'm here to tell that story (laughs) the the uh, to get where I guess I was going with that was that ever since that moment I have questioned the stability of my fork and if the welds and such are still holding and it hasn't obviously been too big of an issue for the last seven years but uh, it it was one of those repairs that was like in the back of your mind you're like well when's my fork gonna fail Um, and part of the reason for that is that on my rim brakes I uh, due to the manufacturer there's a thicker metal at the seam where the rim is connected and that leads mm-hmm. to like a wobbling effect so each time that Ooh. that seam passes the brake pads it drags on the wheel a little bit right. causing like a whoop 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 when you're braking uh, and so that plus the fork um, plus my experience going over the front of a fork last year due to lack of preventative maintenance on my part i was like you know what maybe i do replace this before it becomes a problem (laughs) and (laughs) that is the story of how guthrie bought a disc fork right on uh so yeah got got one hooked up and um was it that you wanted a a disc break on that or i don't remember at the time that you you got this Oh, whether um, it was a matter of avail- availability or purposefully wanting a disc fork. It was, I think, more wanting a disc fork. Um, so mainly the, the biggest reason is that I have a front dynamo. And so my rimware on my front, when I built the wheel, I bought a disc compatible hub for the dynamo, but I didn't have a disc compatible bike and so the theory being that i could move that up to whatever bike i upgraded to next because presumably it would run disc um but due to the um effect of that rim and it not breaking evenly uh i felt that getting a disc wheel would be the best way to avoid having to rebuild that wheel because eventually i'd need to like scrap that rim and and build the hub anew which wouldn't be a huge deal um i think i also just I don't know. You... I went I went a little fancy on it because yeah. like sometimes in the bike world it, you know it's nice to treat yourself. That's and right. you just uh, get fancy with <laughs> a disc fork seemed, you know, <laughs> in lieu of buying a whole new bike. I was like <laughs> <laughs> a pretty a pretty good option to go with. Um Yeah, I would say that was that was a very fair compromise with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, um don't know if this is happening, but I can do this. Uh <laughs> and and it does help in a sense because it makes it easier to take the front fork or the front wheel off to do some of the bike rafting stuff as opposed to having it be a um v brake just easier um and less less dirt and grit and on the wheel and stuff like that um but yeah i i i went no holds bar and uh what was in stock for the shop i was ordering from uh they really only had paul clampers and i had really wanted to go with spire trps or in my case because i have a long pull brake the spire spikes um, both of which I've had very good experiences with. Um, but they were out of stock all over the place. And I think I've said it on the show before, but I'm not a big fan of Avid Brakes um, just yes. due to past experience. You've made no secret of this. Yeah, so I did that I did that thing where it's like, okay, well, I won't get the $60 or the, I guess, what is it? 
is the BB7s. They're a little bit above sixty for a for a um. Sure. For a break, I don't know. I didn't even I, I didn't even look at the BB7s that. to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure because I was looking at the spires. Um, so you know, I, I I'm not gonna get the hundred and ten dollar caliper. I'm gonna get the two hundred sixty dollar caliper or whatever. I don't even need want to look at that receipt ever again. But I figure it's the last <laughs> disc break I'll need. <laughs> um, well. And they only had it in blue, so I got it in blue. (laughs) Right. You ended up with Paul, right? What's that? You ended up with Paul brakes. Yeah, yeah, the Paul clampers on the front. Which, I mean, again, that's a very fair compromise that you've made with yourself. Yeah. Well, if the bike sells, I can always get a BB-7 and put it on uh, and take the the Pauls with me. Uh, I can also just not sell that bike ever which is probably plan a yeah. uh and plan b would be if i do get a second bike i can switch the brakes over uh or you know and and swap for whatever whatever the new bike has or whatnot um i would say it was like ask me in a year how i feel about the clampers maybe okay uh i having having missing that bike shop kind of feeling um I wanted to do this install correctly, uh, and I do enjoy doing my own maintenance once I get into it. Usually, it needs. To, I, I just need to be. I need to have a big enough workload that it's worth me kind of like getting into things. And so, um, yeah, a new fork replacement was was a perfect test case for me. Being like, all right, I have ignored my bike since last summer, and <laughs> like the chain's fine and it's not overworn or anything like that, but. Um, I went in and replaced the fork, replaced the brakes. I rewired and re-soldered, or not soldered, but re-reattached my dynamo lighting setup, which needed to have some trimming taken out of it um, due to wear and tear on the previous fork. And I replaced the brake and cable housing for one of my brakes, um, in addition to just kind of like reseating all of the bolts on the bike and mm-hmm. installing a new uh new stay for the front fender uh that's so so i guess overall like it the old, i got a i got a torque wrench because i like i like i do everything by hand and i feel perfectly fine with that but i get a little bit rusty on it and it's very nice for me to know like that what i think like five newton meters is actually still about right. five newton meters like i'm fine if i'm off by one or two but Paul's instructions, the only bold part of the entire instructions was um, sure Titan 2 many. spec, yeah. <laughs> like in all bold, all caps. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I went and I finally broke down and I bought a torque wrench. Uh, <laughs> but um, that was nice to have because um, my multi-tool wasn't actually capable of getting the bolts for the clamper up to spec. They were at about five Newton meters. Um mm-hmm just with my little uh crank brothers tool and i not to get like too part nerdy but i don't like the torx standard um sure it might be more theft deterrent in a sense and it might prevent people from performing their own maintenance on their bike if they need to adjust something and don't have a torx but the interface i've never had a good right like i it's just it's a difficult I, interface. I, knowing I, exactly what was coming, I still managed to strip out my multi-tool. Ooh, <laughs> so, really? Yeah, and that's the, that's part of why I also picked up a torque wrench that had a harder bit. Uh, 
to be able to get that spec from on the Torx bit itself. Um, yeah, that rounded out in a heartbeat after um, doing the 9-bolt ISO for the disc rotors and then the 2 bolts for the Paul Clamper. Um, it was it was like it gave up. Um, yeah. So that's not against the Crank Brothers tool. I've had that tool for like 7 years now, maybe 8 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and every other bit's fine, but Torx is just a... Sh- I don't like the standard, and I don't it's, like it for that reason. <laughs> it's a difficult it's, interface. It's interesting, and I'm sure there's people who are smarter than us that know the reason why, but it's interesting that disc brakes went with that standard versus... Is it all disc brakes? Like, oh, yeah. My, oh, okay. My discs are, are Torx as well. Oh, um, I didn't know that. The mounting hardware is, is Allen heads, but the rotors and the adjustment like to adjust the uh, plates mm. or the pads um, are torques. Interesting. Yeah. And I, again, I'm sure there's there's reasoning behind it and somebody smarter than us knows why, but I do find it weird that just for that specific piece, it switches over to a different standard. Yeah. I have my... Like if you were to just ask me my uneducated opinion it would be that mm-hmm. it prevents people from like messing with a very critical component on their bicycle unless they unless they actually have enough like that go- very well might be it yeah enough know. enough like desire to go get the actual tool that's not a super standard tool but at the same time if that were the case why not just make it a security torx and have it with a nubbin in the center so that uh-huh. normal torx can't even open it like why not just go all the way <laughs> uh but that might also come from living in Portland and having bike parts wander off after a time. True. Uh, um, if, if you know why Torx is used as a standard on brakes, let me know. Yeah, I Googled it and I, I came up a little bit dry. So Couldn't figure it out. Uh, it just seemed like some people liked it as a standard and some people did not. And I found myself after years in a bike shop in the not liking it category, I guess. That's fair. For what it's worth. <laughs> I, everybody I is, of course, welcome the to their chin. own opinions and expressions. Yeah. I just sort of take it on the chin because I never knew any different. When I got into biking, I went straight into disc brakes. Oh, okay. So gotcha. I just thought, oh, that's that's just how it's made. Yeah. Well, it turns out it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> how, how dare I question that? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the braking, like, I think I've got them mostly bedded in. Um, the modulation is nice, uh, mm-hmm. in like, they are, yeah, they are, well, so first off, uh, I went with a 160 millimeter rotor instead of 140, um, and the reason I did that was also kind of a parts thing where, uh, that there was just to... 140s were pretty much out everywhere I checked. Okay. Um, but the, I think what ones I have, if they're 160 or 140, I think they're 160s. Nice. I don't remember. I'm fine with the 160. It felt huge at first, like yeah. just ginormous. And then it's I've kind of just gotten used to it over the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the bodies, I actually, like I couldn't recommend clampers ever on a, on a weight or a size. Um, like reasoning because they're, mm-hmm freaking huge they are just the most ginormous disc brakes calipers i've ever seen in my entire life 
Um, and for that reason, uh, like I almost couldn't mount a pannier on my front, like brand new disc trucker fork, uh, because <laughs> like because the caliper they would rub against so the much? pannier. Yeah, it's it's that it's that big. Um, I didn't think the Pauls had that much bigger of a profile, but they're very they wide. They're incredibly wide. Huh. It as far as like comparing to Spires or to to Avids, they've got to be at least two or. I can go measure, but they're they feel like more than a couple of millimeters wider, um, and you know different different if you're like post mount versus flat mount. Um, I'm sure that there's some like margins there, but I I had to go down and get my front pannier to make sure that uh, I I had to add I had to add spacers to my front uh, rack to stand it off enough to clear the brakes, uh, um, okay. which was not true of my previous setup, but. I had rim brakes, so it wouldn't be. Um, and then I had to get super crafty with my fender stays as well to get this nice like S bend into them to mm-hmm. be able to clear the body and to not um, impact the the brake calipers either. So, so yeah, I this... don't know like how you were feeling at the time that you did that, but I think your solution is is something to be proud of it's a very good s bend on there um and i think what we'll do for this post is you need to take a picture of that oh and i'll take a (laughs) picture of what i did to get around my disc brakes okay um because we'll put a twitter poll out not saying that my solution (laughs) is bad but it's nowhere near as elegant oh solution oh it's funny gosh you know it's it's funny because like i feel like this is just one of those things where like I tend to be a bit of perfectionist um, when it comes to bike stuff for, like for my own rig. Um, and I'm definitely that way from a safety standpoint for like other bikes that I work on. But from a, from the aesthetic, I thought it was I, I would give it like a seven out of ten on my personal um, like how well did Guthrie navigate this? It It works. Ah, that's five out of ten um <laughs> but it's funny because like as soon as you said that i was like oh it be, it's i shouldn't even this shouldn't even be a thing but when i got done bending it mm-hmm. i was like i should have looked for a pipe bender because you can actually get um tracks or channels uh it's similar to like you'd find on the wheel of a pulley that you uh-huh. can use to form metal in very like elegant uh even oh, yeah, curves yeah. Um, and I was looking at it when I got done with it and I think I showed it to you for the first time and I was like, shit, I should have just waited a week and like got one of the pipe benders to do it. <laughs> so that's, I'm glad. Thank you for saying that. Um, that's very kind of you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, no problem. I think I'll, I'll, that gives me permission to not let it bug me. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. I think anybody like any shop person who's ever had to, um, run fender stays around, disc brakes would probably look at that and, and probably go like wow you took a lot of time to do that it did take a while <laughs> yeah again i'll show you mine and that took me maybe 10 15 minutes to because it's like just one bend in the oh end. yeah you know um, yeah i ended up mounting the the whatever you call it the, the thing that you mount to the to the fork I mounted it on the mid blade of the the mid blade uh, brazon mm. on the fork as opposed oh, to yeah, all the yeah. way down. Yep. I like that too. That's that's very like 
That's very clean. It's yeah. I mean, it is. It's just one bend, and it it is pretty clean. But I think having both fender stays on either side still mounting in the same spot holds that fender more evenly, you know, down the center of the tire. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. The um, yeah, that whole front cockpit was just. It took some time. <laughs> this was this was one of those ones where like. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever experienced this or this has been the case with you as you, you based on previous experience say, okay, I will need X amount of time to do this. And of course you realize that it might be a little bit off and, but probably not like too much off. You're probably not more than like two hours off your guess. So I went to do this project, uh, about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago at this point. And, um, I gave it like a, I gave it the good old Sunday afternoon try and that Sunday was, afternoon turned into Monday afternoon. Sunday afternoon turned into the whole week. Like oh, I think I spent, shit. you know, between because like that, that's where I just get finicky about stuff. Is just okay. Yeah. If it's on, I don't want it to have to ever be on again. I want it to stay on. Um. So I was like measuring exact bolt lengths and getting correct bolts that like a that were stainless steel because. Um, the fender companies for some reason think that galvanized is cool to ship with fenders for a reason that i don't understand they're cheaper i think uh but it's fenders they literally get wet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah i was i was i wanted i i'm pretty big on getting all stainless steel componentry um Mm -hmm. because it's uh i found more reliable when you're mounting fenders and front racks you don't have they can sometimes they can be they can shear off in terms of metal fatigue i think more than the softness but i've seen anecdotally far more non-stainless steel uh attachment parts fail as opposed to stainless steel so i i had that happen on a one of my very early riding um experiences and just Mm -hmm. past that point i'm like nope I'm going to go get that 35 millimeter stainless steel M5 right. bolt with a M4 as the uh, interface. And no, I totally get that. Like why, why put something on there only to put it back on later? Yeah. Yeah. Or um, I, cause I, when I was waiting, cause I had to like mock everything up. That's part of why it took me. I probably between everything. Oh, and also dynamo stuff that just, it just takes forever. Um, especially if you want to do it so you don't have to do it well, twice. You you didn't run it through the fork, but you ran it through your frame? Yeah. I when I so I have a back and a front dynamo and after I had done the test ride of like, yep, it works, um, I drilled my so I have a tubus rack on the back and the tubus tubes are hollow. Right. So from the um standard light mount at the back of my rack i drilled into the tubus rack and then threaded the cable through that tube so that it it exits exactly at the bottom back of my chainstay mm-hmm. and then i drilled into my chainstay and threaded through that through the bottom bracket up the uh tube to just behind the headset at the bottom of the crown race right. and then it exits there and um interfaces with the front light and with the hub itself so the part that i had redone was the front light and the front hub because um i'd actually sort of worn through part of the cable and so i redid the run for that and the biggest the biggest thing you do 
that you find yourself like soaking up time with for dynamo stuff i found is um you have to be really careful to oh like i i've of the opinion that you should always give yourself more slack than you think you'll need because as soon as you're less than that well (laughs) great (laughs) you don't have a dynamo um so being careful of that the sleeving process is always one that can be either done uh very in a very straightforward manner or a very over-engineered manner and i tend to go for the over-engineered route um so there's you know the the positive and negative wire and that wire is encased in sometimes uh that wire is encased in like the larger wire itself where it splits and so getting the sleeving right you've got to pre-thread um your heat sleeving on both sides of it for the for the correct length Mm -hmm. and then i usually do my heat shielding in three layers and so i have a um layer of heat sleeve that is directly over the wires connecting so that there's no physical possibility of them um ever touching each other oh okay and then i run another sleeve over that section which is the the revealed section sleeve that and and that is now um you have sleeve that that covers the left and right end of your run so that uh you're you're back to the big wire now that just holds everything and then i put i put another layer sleeving over that because um i don't want the wire to be able to easily be pulled out and so just getting that kind of stuff right and making and like doing it so that you don't accidentally like fry your inner layer when you're heating up the outer layer uh, giving it time to cool and all that kind of stuff like it takes a lot of trial and error i probably i I don't know it's probably like an hour maybe hour and a half to get it perfect but now it is and i shouldn't need to ever worry about it again until um until i don't know i get in a wreck or something like that and it it tears it out or whatnot but stuff like that i just get very meticulous about because um i do only have one bike and i'm just that way about things so now that i've ridden it for two weeks uh I would say that my bike is the most dialed it has ever been in my possession, which is a good feeling. So would it be fair to say like it kind of, you kind of grew into it. Um, Like the first time you rode over with that setup, it seemed like you had maybe, I don't want to say buyer's remorse, but maybe some mixed feelings about it. Well, is that, Anytime I spend over like a hundred dollars on a component and it doesn't just blow <laughs> me out of the water, uh, <laughs> I certainly have high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the pads were still betting in at that point, which we both knew. Um, yeah. But I've also betted in other pads on other, you know, disc brake bikes, and yeah, I definitely had. Not, yeah, I guess you could say buyers remorse. I was like, shit, I should have just gone with the BB sevens. <laughs> But I don't like them, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're starting again, to bite a bit better. Why? Why put something on your bike just to put it back on your bike later? Yeah, yeah. Well, so the clampers. After I left, I reseated them no less than three times. Uh Really. To try to get it just perfect. Okay. And so, uh, I'm probably like really getting into the weeds with this, but some disc brake uh, attachments. Like some are like flat mount is just like you've got a surface and you've got a caliper and you bolt those two together. That's a flat mount. Um, there's a style which I actually prefer a little bit over that, which has a um, flat screw and it's got a 
uh, what is it? Con, uh, mirrors, oh, con, like con, convex. Cone washers. Yeah, cone washers. Right? So you have you have one washer that's like convex and the other washer is concave. Exactly. And they sort of fit into each other. Yep, yep. You know, you know what brakes have those? BB7s? BB7s. Son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've convinced me. Hey, you, do, do you need to buy, or sorry, not even buy. Do you any, know anyone who needs some Paul clampers? <laughs> I only have the front brake. <laughs> um yeah well that threw me for a loop because what i wasn't able to do was to get my pads exactly aligned with how the fork had been welded so you know like surly's got their tolerances um but it was off by maybe like half a degree or so and so i get this little like like wishing sound or whatever um which is due to that like the rotor just brushes up against just uh, just barely and so, yeah, that's why I reseated it three times <laughs> to try oh. to try to get away from that. And then finally I said, you know, fuck it. Just wait till your pads are, wait till your pads are bedded <laughs> in. Just go ride your bike. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and they have for the most part. <laughs> my, the phrase I, I've used, probably overused, especially when it comes to um, disc brake maintenance, that's within tolerable parameters. Tolerable, nice. Tolerable parameters. I like it. Yeah, I could. If I just hear a little every now and then, that's tolerable. I'll deal with that, Oof. and eventually it goes away. Good. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could get to that zen-like state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think you might be a little bit more particular about how things. Well. And let me back up. I don't so, disagree. Yeah, you probably are a little bit more particular about things. But also, if I had spent the money on Paul brakes, I would definitely have been like, these are Paul brakes, man. Why are they even, you know? I certainly felt that there was, and like, that's why I mean, like, ask me in a year. I'll probably be right. spouting about them or something. But You'd uh, probably be like, oh, I would never go anywhere else but Paul brakes. I would definitely always go Spire TRPs or Spikes. Like, <laughs> okay. Sure, I'd go Paul, but I'd, I already know there's already a brake band brand I know I'm perfectly happy with. Um, uh, I see. Provided you have the right like housing uh, for it, but the um, yeah, there you know there's those. Well, first you work you 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 plan a Sunday and then you find out that you worked the whole week on it. That's that's right. one, and that's, then you have this little difficult. like this expectation gap I had kind of set up myself in as a pitfall uh so you you were seeing me falling into that pit when i got to your house <laughs> I see. <laughs> but yeah well, it has glad, improved um i think it will to continue to improve that pit. yes yeah <laughs> um yeah and that like i don't mean to denigrate paul um by any means like i've been a very like long term um like yeah fan of their company i've sure. followed what they produce i know what when a, the whole I got turned on to Paul actually by Sam Applebaum, who we interviewed a couple of uh, weeks ago. He, when the clampers first came out, that was his like, thank you present to his surly long haul trucker, which was a disc Uh, trucker. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he upgraded to, I think six fifty B and I think got some clampers on there was as, as, as I recall it. So like they've been on my radar for like a good long time now. And, um, I was just, yeah. In the in the bike parts world, Paul enjoys a a certain reputation, and I would say that reputation is not um, unfounded. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I I like their um their setback seat posts are really good as well, especially yeah. for saddles. Uh, like if you run a Brooks, but you need to to get that saddle back further. Um, they offer one of the few seat that posts. Is rarely my problem. Oh, gotcha. I've I've seen it be a problem for some, and it seems like that was the only post that does it uh, acceptably. But, you know, stuff like that. What it comes down to is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's it's vanity, but (laughs) I I would say there's definitely some vanity in there. Sure. But, you know, son of a a gun, I've I've always wanted to have at least a single bike part that I've also seen at Velo Colt's display on their uh, bike part tables. (laughs) (laughs) On their tables? Yes. You know, <laughs> when you have like the most vanilla touring bike of all existence, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to nice to spice it a little so every now and then. I mean, maybe it's vanilla, but you've certainly taken it to some. What am I trying to say here? I was gonna like try to say like you've taken it on some non-vanilla rides. Oh yeah, there we go. It's my yeah. do everything. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, that's that. That's that thing is like, and I'm so glad that we're not the kind of show also that's just like, this is the new best thing. And if you're not using that, then you're an idiot. Uh, Like that's, that's polar opposite of, I feel, and what I hope that we put out here, even though we do geek out every now and then. Um, I always feel like I'm kind of a decade behind the times when it comes to like preferences. So That, that means, you know, that the trend has come and then it's set in they've done all of their problem solving oh yeah you know uh troubleshooting so now you've got you got the version that's dialed in yeah yep (laughs) it's it's um you know it there's i'm i'm sometimes not that way with other things like computers or such uh depending on like what is broken at the time but um yeah as far as bikes go um if you can pick it up exactly as it comes out and then there's issues with it, don't be surprised because you're literally one of the first people like widely testing something. Right. Um, but if you wait 10 years, then yeah, you probably have a good, good chance that it's been discontinued and there's something totally new and now you have to get that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say at least in the bike parts world, things are a lot more backwards compatible than, uh, than others. Yeah, to 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 the degree that that's true, I feel like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's my long rambling. That's your that's your new fork adventure. That's my new fork adventure, um, and uh, mainly so that I don't hopefully lose my face or some teeth due to a, a premature failure. Right. On the previous fork, uh, which is I think how I got into this whole whole muddle. Um, so cheers to riding bikes that are mechanically sound. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we just got our delivery. It's sushi night. Oh shit. Where'd you get sushi uh, from? Sushi Ohana just up the street. Nice. I have not had sushi since this whole thing went down. I haven't either. This will be a first for me. Nice. We'll enjoy it. Yeah. Sushi, uh, sushi's so okay. tasty. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's your, that's your new fork adventure. Yep, new fork adventure. Just got a, a different version of the old one. <laughs> um, you mentioned you had issues with your cockpit. Um, 
you're talking about like putting the handlebars like getting that all dialed in because um, of the new brakes? oh i guess i just meant like the whole thing so like i part of the reason it took me so long is in that i needed to like do bolt orders and stuff like that was that mm-hmm. um the front rack that i'm using due to the engineering of the disc fork i thought it would be pretty much like a you know one for one replacement but here's sure. a disc mount for your for your brake calipers it um does change things although with with the disc fork it does have the two um brazons on the end of the fork i think for the purpose of trying to get around the the disc brakes am i incorrect um it does like you're talking about eyelets at the bottom yes yeah it's got eyelets but they're in different places than the original fork is and so that's part of why it took so long was um my front rack mounts at three points Mm-hmm. All three of those points are different on the new fork than oh, the original okay. fork. And so okay. I was dealing so with uh, like kind of time and space, if you will, where not only did the location need to be different, um, but the amount of offset from the fork itself was also okay. now a factor because the um, the rack on the old bike didn't need any standoff or spacers in order to clear uh, aspects of the dropouts. Whereas uh, if I had mounted it the same on my new fork, I wouldn't. I literally would not have been able to put my skewer on because it's completely covering the uh, the dropout. I so yeah. I I had to add anywhere depending on where I mounted. I added a one mil washer to like about six or seven millimeters worth of washer space on the bolts to be able to clear the um, the so- brake and the apparatus. Um, and that's also why I wanted to go stainless steel. Is like if this if this is offset by seven millimeters, I need a strong bolt at the bottom of that. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. If if you're going to be running panniers, so yeah, it was just like yeah, you know, it's put on. I I I was listening to Go Dig a Hole podcast, and I think they have about eighty episodes now. And and I think I started somewhere around. What's that? And you got through all 80 of them uh i started i was at i was at like 50 when i started and i was okay. done i was Still, caught up yeah, by the time i finished episodes. That, yeah that's a lot. <laughs> yep it was it, it took some time yeah <laughs> but you know after after you know it, that's the thing with bike parts or i guess anything mostly anything worthwhile is you'll get those frustration points and you're like ah i just need to take i just need to wash my hands and go take a walk yeah uh, come back yep. to it that kind of thing yeah so it's now it's pretty much styled i'm very i'm pleased as a peach awesome the fenders don't rattle the bike gets me from a to to b you need to take a look at my fork and the amount of spacers on my front racks you get a good amount oh yeah um well i just so i also put a new fork on my disc trucker but it was just essentially hopefully a one for one because it's the same fork, mm. mm-hmm. um, I just wanted a longer steer tube, uh, and but with the new steer tube came new stem, which then had a different size uh, handlebar clamp. So then I got new handlebars. Um, <laughs> we should tell three, them about the handlebar fiasco, by the way. The handlebar fiasco. Uh, oh, 
You mean coming down Mount Tabor? Oh, no, like what I'd find if I went to my basement right now. Oh, gosh, that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm supporting my local bike shops. Yep. <laughs> uh, we'll just say right now, I I bought a redundant handlebar, <laughs> so to speak. And here's here's the beauty of it. I'm not sure I'm going to keep it. Oh, yeah? I, I like it. I will say this. I like it. Do, do tell. I've been, I've been so torn between these are the uh, salsa couch chippers. Um, they have, I would say, just the right amount of flare. Uh, they're at 42 uh, centimeters. They are wider than the old handlebars, my old Nitto handlebars, which were 44 centimeter, weirdly enough. Um, and yeah, the width, it, it feels really good. Now, when I first put it on there, I was not impressed. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, this is just kind of meh. Did um, you feel that the leverage you got on the hoods was a factor of that disappointment? So if no, you're... that was actually the thing that I liked. Oh, because they were angled out. Um, no. Okay. Because the reach on the hoods are, is so much shorter than my, Nitto rando bars, which I think they're just designed for like the old, like rando style brakes, you know, um, that had such, I would say almost twice as much reach as the, um, I keep looking back because my bike's right behind me. Um, the reach on the salsa bars were so much shorter that I could just keep my hands on the hoods, Mm. which made me feel so much more confident about the brakes. Because they're right there. Whereas, generally, my hands are on the bars as opposed to the brake hoods. And then, even though it was never really an issue, there is a little bit more movement to get to the brake levers. Okay. Is this sounding... Okay. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. All that to say, I'm not even sure I'm going to keep them. I was torn between that and the VO ones. The VO ones I had ordered, and they were on the way. And then I was over at Gladys Bikes... Um, chatting it up. I went there to order a saddle. Um, and lo and behold, the cow chippers were like right there. And I was like, how much are those? And they told me, and I was like, that's a reasonable price. I'll go ahead and try those out too. Cause the parts world in, in Portland is like, well, you can always just resell it at not too much less of a markup mm-hmm. or not markup, markdown, markdown. Yeah. It's it's you like I mean. yeah. It retains its value a little bit more than other places. Yeah. I view that that effect as kind of like the rental effect where in in essence like you get bars, let's say they cost $50 and as long as you don't need to like sell them immediately, you've in essence when you sell them for 35, you've rented them for $15. Exactly. And Maybe we should uh, go with a uh, a bars handlebars library. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. I've, I've just seen. I've got my some I could contribute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the that was the funny thing is Aaron got home and was and tell, then okay yeah telling yeah. me about his bars and I was just like <laughs> I think I have those bars because <laughs> those are the bars that got taken off when I got my bike fitting with um, Natalie and Gladys as well. <laughs> right. So it's like no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was, no, that's right. You said, oh, yeah, I have the cow chippers. And I was certain when I decided on the cow chippers, 
I thought of you, but I was certain you had the wood chippers. Ah, gotcha. Which those have, you know, way more flair. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. On, on the uh, drops. We're nerding out way too much right now. But it's okay. It's okay. We'll put a disclaimer uh, at the top. <laughs> disclaimer. Much nerdery happens. Um, that was just too much uh, flair in the drops for me. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see any reason why I would need that much. I think it's... Um, oh, sorry. Anyways... Yeah, so I I could have swore that was the kind that you had, and and then when you told me you had the cow chippers, I was certain you wouldn't have it in forty two, and of course you did. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's <laughs> down there. Like, I'll go check anyway. after the up, but um, yeah, if anybody needs some forty two cow chippers, let me know. Send us an email. Um, if you pay for shipping, that's that's my offer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I will empathize with putting on that front rack though with you because i would say i first off i mounted the the fork pretty much from scratch so i had a a headset that was sitting around i don't know why i had an extra headset but i decided well if i'm putting a new fork on i'm going to put a new headset on so remove the old headset put the new headset on um and so the whole front end is essentially from scratch, but because I had it all taken apart, I did not take the time to make any notes on how to put it back together. Mm. And putting that front rack on was possibly one of the most stressful moments um, of that whole process. Um, having had it all, it, like it, it took a lot of time to get it all put together, but then. The, that front rack was the final piece and the spacer, the amount of spacers that I had to have and just also not remembering what spacers went where. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like, I've got all the right parts, but I don't know where to put them anymore. Yeah, it's like you're playing Legos without the instruction manual. <laughs> oh, totally. And I'm sure I don't have it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that is dialable over time. Yeah, yeah, and I might even just say forget it and get rid of both of those front racks and go with just one front rack. Okay. Because un- unlike you, your uh, handlebar bag mounts to your handlebars. Yep. yep and yep. mine is a Decalor, which then also necessitates a um, a a rack of some kind to support it from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so I ended up with Swift the, Industries Ozette bag. Yes, if I remember correctly, yes. it, it's great. I love it, um, but also yeah, that's why I have two front racks sort of meshed together. Gotcha. Yeah, that that all can be so tricky. I think you know that's <laughs> that's that's actually why I am as meticulous and like partly it's just I, I can I'm just I have that personality about bikes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's not perfect, especially like yeah. steer, like anything that's off by a tiny bit is off by too much. Is is kind of how I yep. approach it. Um, yep. But at the same time, looking out of that tunnel, it means that when I do get it the way I like it, I don't need to mess with it again. Mm. Like when it is dialed, I just set forget, and I will go years and years and years and years of being like, no, nah, don't need to mess with it. It's 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 already perfect. It's, it's, it's fine. It's the way it is, and that's that's why I haven't like 
gone out and just bought a whole new front rack. Well, that and because why buy something you don't need to either? But um, is the fact that I took so long to put that all together. Why should I take it all apart again mm-hmm. anytime soon? I want to keep it. I want to not work on it for a while. Yeah. You want to go ride your bike. Yes, exactly. It's hard to that's ride your bike when you only have one bike. <laughs> and it's the one that's oh, being and it's repaired. it's the one in the stand. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, I should have loaned you one of mine. Oh, it's fine. I needed the excuse. If you had loaned me one, this is what... See, then this you... is why I can't have two bikes. I'll never repair the other one. The other one would stay in the stand. You would be yeah. like, huh, it is... Um, 2024 and where has my where's my fat bike oh yeah i had almost forgot that i lent it to guthrie back in 2020 <laughs> right and then you get it back and i'd be like aaron it's kind of broken <laughs> uh it needs it needs some repair <laughs> no uh, i would i wouldn't do i would i would already know that i would already know that because you would have been riding around the other bike yep that, yep that was like, place oh, the one I loaned you. Yeah. This is why I got it back. <laughs> oh, something. Ha- yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. You know me too well. Well, let's go test ride our forks. Sounds good. Anything right. else you want to chat about for this eve? Oh, yeah. One more thing. Handlebars. So it's between these cow chippers and the VO bars. I am going to replace the the cow chippers um after tomorrow's ride okay and then another two weeks on the vo bars and i'll see what's up nice um, oh ah uh, see yeah. okay and you i was what, Who, what i saw your bike it's finally clicking in for me i was like aaron's handlebars aren't wrapped i wonder That's if he just if them. he just yes. doesn't prefer them wrapped like i didn't i thought to ask and then i didn't but it it all makes sense now yep gotcha that actually took a little bit of getting used to. Oh yeah, without wrapped handlebars. Um, totally. I did that once on the Pugsley, and that was just you know um, they were upright bars, so it wasn't that bad. Uh, but after like a mile, my hands were really achy. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. Like wrap your bars if you if you uh, if you haven't done that yet. How how that's, will you know? That's Aaron? general announcement to anybody. How Wrap your it, bars. How will you ever fully know if you make the right bar choice if you don't test ride them wrapped? Oh shit! Well, now you'll, now, pop, you'll now be. I fine. got that thought to keep me awake for a while. <laughs> um, uh, hey, before we do news and mail, I gotta plug this computer in. Okay, uh, we'll be right back. Don't don't ever use that. Okay, Tim. <laughs> Too bad. June first. Through July 5th. Oh, hey, that's done. Uh, Palooza is over. But guess what? There's always after Palooza, which is whatever you want it to be. Yes. Go ride your bike in a socially responsible fashion. Yes. August 15th, the Swift Summit 200-100 version 4 in Lebanon, Oregon. August 16th, Swift Summit Northwest Hill Climb. Location unknown. September 12th, the Lads 500, fifth first annual right here in Portland. And this week's showcase, let's go with the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Every second Thursday of every month, check their 
details because that is probably not actually happening right now. No. But don't let them but fall I, off the radar. I am wondering, joyful riders who normally do that, where are you riding now? What is going on in the bike scene in Minneapolis? Let us know. I would love to hear from you. Well, we don't have headlines, but you know what we do have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. How about that? We got a piece of mail from Jay Leco. He sent us a video called 60 Degrees North, A British Adventure on a Brompton, and... I do believe this was a film by bike film a few years ago. I loved it then. I loved watching it again. It's uh, these two guys going from, I believe it's the southernmost point in England, from Sumberg Head to Muckleflugga in the Shetland Islands. There we go. And... Um, it's just a cool adventure, these two guys on Bromptons. And they put their Bromptons on inflatable rafts. That they did. Yes. Hashtag boat month. Hashtag Brompton boat month. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Every Thank you for passing that on month. to us. Thank you, Jay Letko, for passing that on. Yes, every month is boat month. Indeed. Speaking of, have you been out on your boat recently? I had planned on being out on it last Tuesday and Wednesday. Then work called for the first time in about a month and a half and said, hey, we have work. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I'm hoping to remedy that this coming weekend. Right on, right on. Because I didn't get it to sit around. That's right. (laughs) Cool. Well, that is our only mail, I believe. That is all I can find. Yes, that's our only mail. Alrighty. Ready for this? I think we are. Thank you all for listening. Go maintain your bikes. Go wrap your bars. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to nitpick small eccentricities of the bike world <laughs> as you do. It's yes. fun that way. Sometimes. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at X-Ray FM Studios. Thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Hey, we don't record this at X-Ray Studios anymore, but thank you so much for opening your space, X-Ray Studios. Mm-hmm. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Chris Smith. Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, 
we'll be having sushi together soon andre johnson king of division richard g Guthrie straw who is on my computer screen what aaron green author of we were like sons and founder of the regranary campsite mac nurse david nathan polton rory in michigan jeremy kitchen david belay tim coleman harry hugel ej finneran brad hipwell thomas skato keith hutchison ranger tom joyce wilson ryan tam jason offenberg microcosm publishing david moore todd grossbeck chris baron chris, chris baron chris baron <laughs> sean baird simon pace gregory braithwaite ryan morrow dude luna matthew rooks marshall paula funake cyclecraft philip m spartandale no relation no relation mr t who never never really left bike initiative kiwana sarah g adam d go dig a hole i finally caught up and beth hammond right on Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M. Once again, it was so nice to spend time so with you this cool weekend. To hang out with you, yes. Mm-hmm. David Christensen, 503. Byron Patterson and JT. And our newest donor, Kirsten Graham. Thank you so much. Welcome to the family, Kirsten. Thanks, Kirsten. And to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now, wash your hands. And wear your mask. Yes!